Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Loyalty Live. Uh, in this series, we speak with the leaders in the industry about the technology, trends, and best practices that drive customer experience and loyalty. Our guests provide tactical solutions and expert advice on building and maintaining relationships with customers. Uh, today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Vince Torelli. He's the uh, customer strategy manager at the Humvee. Welcome, Vince. How are you? Thanks, Mark. Uh, I'm great. Happy to be here. Really excited. Great. To be, uh, sharing with you. I'm looking forward to the discussion for sure. Uh, first off, we'd like to start these on a more personal level. So I'd love to know a little bit more about yourself, your current role at Dunhambi, uh, maybe a little bit about your background as well. Yeah. Um, so a little bit myself, uh, the things that I love most. I love food. Uh, I love, you know, people. I have a really interest in people and I'm really passionate about strategy. So um, I think those are part of the reason why I'm uh, in customer strategy in the uh, grocery industry. I also love to travel and live abroad. So I've lived and worked in Italy, Spain, Mexico, uh, Canada, the US. So I, I love embracing other cultures and um, I think that aligns well with NMB's global presence. I'm, I'm really lucky in that sense that I get to deal with you know global counterparts uh, daily. So I'm part of our customer strategy and insights team. Uh, we help our clients better align their customer value propositions to their customers. And we're also uh, responsible for a lot of the exciting thought leadership. Uh, that comes out of Dunhambi, uh, which you know we're, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, I've been in customer science for 15 years now, so I um, started my career in media. I then entered the world of retail analytics uh, at Nielsen. I did some innovation work on the CPG side, and the past six years I've been with Dunhambi, so my longest relationship to date. Um, so since joining Dunhambi, I went from you know major insights transformations to store resets. I've helped lead our category management and the past two years really solely dedicated to customer and competitive strategy. Okay. Uh, for those who may not be familiar with Dunhambi, can you give us a brief overview of what Dunhambi does, maybe a little bit about the genesis of the company, uh, you know, what industries Dunhambi uh, focuses on? Of course, yeah. Uh, so at Dunhambi, we, we empower retailers and brands to uh, put their customers first. So we do that by helping them leverage their customer data and other data uh, loyalty data, and that leads to smart decisions, and that leads to customers coming back. So, uh, then we first helped uh, Tesco launch their club card in 1994. So, you know, we've got a lot of loyalty experience. Uh, we're also the global leaders in, um, you know, collaboration and insights monetization. So, we ultimately believe that when retailers and brands or CPGs work together and speak a single customer language, everybody wins. Uh, we work with 80 retail uh, clients and partners globally, 1,300 brands. Uh, in grocery, mostly grocery, but also pharma. And we have almost uh, 1 billion customers um, or around a billion customers under management at the moment. Okay, excellent. And when you look at uh, the recent report you did, uh, the yep. Retail Preference Index, uh, mm -hmm. a special edition of the, the, the report, it focuses on personalization and the U.S. Yes. grocery market. Personalization mm -hmm. is very important to many brands today to drive customer loyalty, but especially in, in, in grocery. Can you tell us a little bit about the report and uh, how it came to be? Yeah, so um, I'll, I guess I'll start with some background on, on our annual edition. So this is a you know special edition on personalization, but the annual edition, as soon as it's seventh edition, uh, it was founded by my colleagues and mentors, uh, Eric Kaner and Eric Carlson. We know them internally at the Navi as the Eric's 
So some of the uh, smartest people that, that, that I know. Um, but the aim of the report is really to determine what elements of the customer value proposition are most important in driving growth and which retailers are winning and why. So if you look at existing lists out there, rankings, they focus largely on financials or emotional connection or brand equity, et cetera. So this report is both. It's really what sets it apart. Um, so in our latest edition last January, what we noticed is that personalization levers grew threefold. So they now account for, um, you know, a quarter of price perception levers, and we expect that to grow. So that's really the main reason for looking specifically at personalization for uh, this edition of, of the RPI. And it's the first time that we do that. Um, and, you know, if, if you look out there, there's a lot of definitions of, of personalization. But like everything else that, that, that we do, we were curious in understanding what personalization means to customers. And so what makes customers feel like a retailer or a brand is, is made for them personally. That's excellent. So we yeah. talk about personalization uh, and being able to personalize with regard to the price and, and price sensitivity. How, how does personalization and price sensitivity, how do they work together? It yeah, um, we actually looked at um, price based price perception as part of personalization. Yeah. So. Uh, we looked at, so when we look at the, you know, main themes of personalization, the most important one is targeted savings. So it accounts for 55% of personalization outcomes. So we're talking about, um, you know, uh, share of wallet, emotional connection and others. Um, so we looked at the relationship between targeted savings and base price perception. So, uh, and base price being, you know, those everyday lowest prices. And what we saw is that those retailers who perform really well in targeted savings, 80% um, of them are also best in class in um, price perception. So, you know, the learning here is that loyalty proposition should work in tandem with all areas of the business. Because uh, you're right, consumers are in search of lower prices, and we expect that trend to grow. We also released a, um, a study earlier in the year, Grocery 2053, uh, that looked at the most important customer trends in decades to come. And based on that analysis, we also saw that what we called fiscal conservatism or the general concern with the economy and, you know, wanting to save money. That's the most important trend over the next 30 years. Uh, so it's, you know, important that when we think of personalization, we, we now forget the value core of the customer value proposition. So price quality, they're still the most important driving, you know, market share and long-term growth. So, what personalization does, however, is, is it allows, um, you know, those companies that can't, that don't have the scale to focus on price alone uh, to drive personalization outcomes. So it levels the playing field in, in that sense. Uh, but it's still important to at least stay competitive on things like everyday low prices, on super key value items, on those, those things that matter most to price sensitive shoppers. Um, so I think the opportunity here is really to work hand in hand with, you know, other parts of the businesses to make that happen. Okay. Uh, in the report, you indicated that to compete, retailers must accept that the consumer, the customer decides what personalization means and not the grocer. Now, that's a, that's a big yep. challenge we see from our membership uh, You know, 130 some brands. They have a hard yep. time listening to sometimes understanding what the customer actually values and walking in their shoes, quote unquote. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you? Because I think it's very important and what brands can do to ensure that they are providing you know, the expected personalization uh you know, offerings that the customer wants yeah that's a great point so uh our main learning is we don't define personalization customers do so and as the name suggests 
personalization will mean, you know, something different to different shoppers. And so personalization is really about, you know, loving customers the way they want to be loved. And that's, you know, the secret to any like long lasting relationship. So based again on our retailer preference index uh, study on personalization, um, you know, we looked at a whole bunch of, you know, levers, like 30 plus levers. And there's really three main themes that stood out in terms of, you know, those drivers that really like drive personalization for, for customers. Um, that first bucket is targeted savings. So we spoke a bit about this targeted savings. It's really everything loyalty, um, a frictionless experience and a localized assortment. So these are really the things that make customers feel like a retailer or a brand knows them personally. Um, and what we see in our, you know, top ranking retailers is that most have, uh, those that do well have a balanced strategy across all of these personalization drivers and they approach personalization from a holistic perspective because, you know, again, different meanings to different shoppers. So that's uh, really the key there. Okay. Excellent. And I think you also uh, talked about the most important uh, personalization drivers targeted savings. Yep. So making sure that whatever offer you put forth to the customer is actually something they have purchased before, potentially have an interest in. And, exactly. You know, uh, with you know many customers in or consumers in char or kind of in search of lower prices, what opportunity do you see for grocers to acquire and, and retain customers that are that are more price sensitive? Yeah, so I think we, we uh, to your point, we did discuss this a bit, but targeted savings is, uh, so it comprises, just taking a step back, it comprises loyalty savings, rewards, and even the ease component. So the ease of understanding a loyalty program and redeeming points, those all kind of make up targeted savings. Uh, we talked about the relationship between, you know, base prices, everyday low prices, and targeted savings. So again, I think the key there to acquire and retain customers is really to think of um, personalization as a whole, like not in a silo. So there's really an opportunity just here for um, teams to work hand in hand, you know, with other parts of the business. So it's not just about looking at price, you know, price sensitive uh, shoppers from a pricing perspective or from a loyalty perspective, they actually have an impact on each other. Uh, so, you know, doing really well in base price perception means that you can unlock targeted savings. Conversely, you can cap your performance on targeted savings if you don't have that solid price perception. So it's at least, with, at least even if you're not a base price leader, to at least stay like competitive in that area and really orchestrate other levers, other levers of personalization well. Okay. And the other two drivers that you mentioned in the report are localized assortment and frictionless shopping experiences. Uh, we'd love to have uh, you define those as well, especially frictionless shopping experience. Everyone's talking about taking friction out of the uh, shopping equation, quote unquote. So we'd love to have you kind of define that for us as well. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. And yeah, frictionless experience is more one that we would expect as a driver of personalization. Um, I'll start with localized assortment. So uh, together, uh, localized assortment and frictionless experience, they make up for that remaining 55% of, you know, driving other personalization outcomes. Uh, so they are, you know, targeted savings, loyalty is not the only part of the story. They all together make up that personalization story. Uh, a localized assortment is really about providing customers with an assortment from, you know, local businesses and farmers. Also, like generally the variety of product, the right variety of product to meet customers' needs is really important and that close connection to the local community. So that makes up, those elements make up localized assortment. Uh, we don't typically think of assortment when we think personalization, 
but we weren't surprised to see uh, this area come up first because, you know, it is a well-researched fact, like that close relationship between, um, you know, identity and a sense of place. But also, ultimately, when shoppers are engaging with retailers and brands, um, it's to get that perfect product or service that meets their needs. So again, not a surprise to see kind of localized assortment make the list. Um, so yeah, the third driver, a frictionless experience, uh, really important driving uh, overall personalization. And this one's more about like holding shoppers' hands and facilitating that experience both in store and uh, and online. Um, and there are many things that will uh, help retailers and brands provide like a frictionless experience. So the most important one is relevance. So relevance in terms of uh, not only products or so product substitutes, product recommendations, etc., but also in terms of the content that we share and communicate to shoppers. Uh, reminders are also another big part of frictionless experience. So uh, helping you know shoppers remember their usuals, uh, remind them to buy something again, or you know if they forgot something at, at checkout. Uh, there's a big digital component as well to Frictionless Experience. So the website, the app, and how they help in, you know, making and improving that whole uh, experience both in, in store and online. Um, but it's not only about the digital assets. So there are other elements that include like staff uh, making customers feel valued, uh, customer service, giving customers the control of how they engage with a retailer are also elements that are really important in driving that uh, Frictionless Experience. Um, one example of a retailer that's doing really well in both those areas is HEB. So they really pack a punch by, uh, so they're third in Frictionless Experience and first in localized assortments. Uh, so we actually surveyed 10,000 American grocery shoppers and um, we asked them, you know, who does personalization best? Who makes you feel like they're made for you personally and, and why is that? And so there was one quote that we that we shared in the report about HEB and this shopper said, oh, um, and I feel that they really understand what customers need. Um, um, they, you know, really tailor their assortment. I can find Hispanic assortment that I can find in their stores that I can't find elsewhere. But they're also involved in the community. They show up during hurricanes. And I quote the shopper, like, and because of this, I want to go back and spend more. And so I think it's clear to see how personalization keeps customers coming back. So in essence, you know, we see that brands that truly embrace personalization, they are driving more loyalty, share of wallet visits baskets and that stronger emotional you know connection with shoppers so yeah that's what it's all about excellent and then uh, amazon ranked first uh mm -hmm. grocery retailers in the personalization retailer preference index does being a completely digital or at least having the, their genesis in, in the kind of the digital realm as grocers push to get more digital engagement that one of the biggest challenges they have you know, does it be does it benefit them being a big digital retailer? Uh, does that impact their personalization score, personalization efforts? Uh, it definitely helps them. So uh, Amazon is often the exception to the rule when we do these rankings. Uh, in this case, in the case of personalization, they're really peerless. And going back to frictionless experience, they're really peerless in how well they deliver on that. So you know, their story dates back to '99. They've had a lot of time to perfect this art, so much so that it compensates for their performance in other areas like targeted savings. So, you know, like we mentioned, frictionless experience is not only about digital, but there is definitely a big part of it that is. And yeah, Mark, you're absolutely right. Um, digital retailers rely heavily on customer data, so they're going to be naturally drawn towards, you know, better personal, more and better personalization. Um, in terms of like 
we also see like other advantages. So we've looked at in the report um, um, that personalization leaders also tended to leverage a higher usage of what we call personalizable shopping aids. So those tools that shoppers use to make their grocery decisions. So things like, you know, personalizable coupons, rewards, ads, emails, usuals, recommendations, socials. Um, but beyond those mechanics, Amazon is like, for example, uh, you know, diligently able to activate customers with relevant content and relevant channels. So being able to execute personalization is as important as getting customers' data. Um, and I think the last, just the last point that I'd like to make here, it's important to keep in mind that 55% of shoppers are still brick and mortar only. If we think about like, um, if we if we include like app users, for example, but uh, for, for example, app users that also only shop in store, now we're at almost 80% of shoppers. Uh, so again, majority of shoppers brick and mortar only, but even for those purchase journeys, uh, most of those journeys start online. So it's up to all retailers really to leverage customer data and drive personalization. But you know, if we look at some of the retailers that we work with, for example, uh, they're not pure play retailers or digital retailers, but they have made it to the top, to the top quartile in personalization. So, you know, I think that proves that there are ways to leverage digital assets and customer data, even when you're not considered a digital retailer and really activate customers, you know, throughout the whole, uh, the, the whole shopper journey. Excellent. Uh, retail media networks are growing importance to grocers. Uh, yeah. First off, it would be, be interesting to understand kind of what that, what, how you define what a, what a retail media network is and, and uh, for our audience, because I definitely think that they are, uh, would be interested in but understanding how you define it and what that means to the grocery would be good to know as well. Yeah. So um, retail media is definitely one of, you know, the most important trends, um, you know, again, because most customers journeys do begin online. Um, retail media can really be used not only to deliver like, you know, more engaging campaigns across the journey, uh, but it can also help customers with like everything from inspiration, added value, convenience. Loyalty programs, on the other hand, are really the reason why customers um, share their data in exchange for, you know, a relevant and rewarding experience. So what this does, this loyalty data, it like unlocks a world of opportunities for, for retailers to leverage um, you know, leverage their offering and drive relevance and reach via the retail media businesses, which, you know, is also a big point of differentiation for, for CPGs as well. But what we've seen, at least, is that retail media can also act as a feedback loop. So, and what that does is it enables improvements in any areas of the business, including the loyalty program itself. So that's really where it's at for the future is like that bridging of loyalty and, and media um, you know, I think there are great loyalty programs out there. Um, you know, if we look at who's getting credit from customers on their loyalty program or what we call targeted savings, uh, you know, you mentioned like Kroger, Giant Eagle, they rank third and fifth on that dimension, but also Amazon and Meyer are also players that rank well on targeted savings and they have these big retail media businesses. So it's, it's not a surprise to see these retailers making it because they're, they're playing all their cards. They're leveraging both their retail media businesses and their loyalty programs with Shopper to really execute personalization at another level, if, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah. Excellent. You know, what's one piece of advice you would give to a brand that seeks to adapt and innovate its loyalty program, uh, especially when, when regarding uh, personalization? Um, 
Yeah, I think aside from like, you know, new trends like hyper-personalization, integrated journeys, they're super important. But I, I think what we've learned through this exercise is really to think like big picture. Um, don't think of loyalty of personalization or personalization in a silo. And, and that bigger picture is really about the basics, teamwork and customer first. So on the basics, you know, we mentioned price, loyalty execution, it really, it really lives alongside with other business initiatives. Uh, teamwork is super important. So the feedback that we've gotten from clients when they saw this framework is, um, you know, it, it, it's great because it allows different teams from loyalty to merchandising teams to really play a role in personalization. So it's really important to keep that in mind, like democratizing data and allowing it to drive decisions across all areas of the business. And um, yeah, last but not least, the customer. So make the loyalty program and the business as customer first as possible. And it, you know, it all begins with the customer data. Uh, it really enables that transition the customer first as an organization. And by that mean, by that we mean like not only the company, but uh, not only the execs, not only marketing, not only CRM, but any area that can leverage that data to improve customer experience. Um, allowing customers to prioritize internal roadmaps is really what's going to keep them coming back. So yeah, yeah, big picture, teamwork, customer first, just the, the basics. So as you mentioned, hyper-personalization and, and uh, micro-targeted journeys yeah. is being important. You know, are there uh, other trends or maybe new technology that brands should be keen to uh, learn more or be using more to help uh, impact customer loyalty? Um, I, I think those are the key ones, like, because we mentioned, you know, retail media, um, you know, we're investing in it a lot. Our clients are too, um, you know, the industry as a whole. Um, I think, yeah, we mentioned hyper-personalization and, and, um, an integrated journey, but hyper-personalization can help on so many different levels. Um, you know, we've seen that we know that saving money and what we call fiscal conservatism. So, you know, wanting to save money that, that general concern with the economy is it's going to stay, it's going to grow. Hyper-personalization can help with that. So, you know, in terms of coupons, uh, relevant coupons, um, tangible and easy savings, personalized comms, easy shopper journeys. Hyper-personalization can help with all those things, uh, but it can also help drive a localized assortment. So, um, you know, not only having the right products on shelf, but also being able to adequately, you know, personalize communication. Uh, so we saw that in the study. Uh, so it can really help retailers, you know, use their data to activate customers in the full spectrum of, of personalization. Um, I'd say that's, that's the key one along with, um, you know, providing that integrated journey. Okay. Um, last question. What's next for Dunhumby as we uh, yeah. transition to 24? Um, well, we're going to keep focusing on, uh, you know, improvements on our core competencies. So, you know, our clients are constantly asking for faster answers, recommendations, predictions, and, you know, they leverage our AI science to do that. So, um, you know, we're always pushing the limits of science with, you know, deep learning, foundational models, causal science, etc. Uh, but in terms of the RPI, uh, we're really excited because we're going to be integrating our customer segmentation. So customer segmentations are really the basis of any work that we do with clients, uh, but we're integrating that to the retailer preference index. So uh, we'll be able to understand not only who's winning and why in the US, but with which customers, which matter most, etc. So yeah, stay tuned. That's coming out uh, end of January, early February. Excellent. Uh, and now we have our wonderful quick fire questions. Uh, yes. We'd like to keep these to a one word or a short phrase. What's your favorite word? Surprise. What's your least favorite word? 
boring. Uh, what excites you? Good stories. There you go. What uh, do you find tiresome? Uh, repetition. What's your favorite grocery store item? Nutella. Oh, okay. As a customer, what uh, brands uh, engage you the best? Uh, I'd say Amazon. Okay. Are you surprised? <laughs> uh, no, uh, it makes sense. Uh, uh, what is your favorite book recommendation to make to colleagues? Uh, Blink yep. or The Secret Life of Groceries. Uh, I was just, uh, yeah, I just started The Secret Life of Groceries uh, on Audible uh, a week or so back. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's very it's, lively. It's very lively. You really get yeah, transported into that universe. It's a it's a heavy listen to it, but I, I love Blink. I love uh, Gladwell and all the behavioral scientists. Yeah. But that's a whole yeah. different story. Um, who inspired you to become the person you are today? Uh, my parents. They uh, arrived by boat in the 1950s from okay. Italy. So yeah, they're just inspiring. Okay. Well, what do you typically think about the end of the day? Uh, grateful list. A bit cheesy, but uh, I, I try to do a grateful list that's really specific uh, to the day. So, you know, I'll say like, oh, I love the interview with, with Mark and just helps me uh, stay grounded. That's good. Uh, and how do you want to be remembered by your friends and family? Uh, fun, positive and a people connector. That's good. Well, Vince, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was uh, great getting Thanks, to know more about you and then the, the personalization index and also Don Humvee. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you everyone else for listening. Make sure you join us back for another edition of Woods Live soon. Until then, have a wonderful day.